0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to We Talk 360. I'm Max, and I'm joined by our co host, Caitlin. Hello. And this week we are joined by Sean Rhodes.
1: So I know Sean from F45 and, um, well, the gym that I work out at. He's the studio manager there. We're going to talk to him about his experience in the fitness industry and his own health journey professionally and personally. I've- him give us a little bit of advice. So, yeah, I'm excited to have him on.
0: Sweet. And then we're going to go ahead and jump in to our life update for this week. Would you (laughs) like to start?
1: Yes. So, life update. Saturday, I took my NASM CPT exam, and I passed, which is
0: great.
1: I'm excited. Thank you. Um, so I'm finally a real-life personal trainer without clients. <laughs> Sick. So, yeah, I'm figuring that part apart. I have a job interview this Thursday to um, see if I can personal train at a gym over here. And, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Dope. Yeah.
0: Is it um? you don't have to say the name of it, but is it just like – is it a
2: chain or is it like a local gym?
1: It's, there's two locally. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Or, no, I would say the name, but I don't know if I.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I, I was just, that's what I was sure. asking. Okay.
1: You yeah. Know. Cool. Yeah. So what about you? Life updates. You were very um,
0: sick. Um, I was very sick is what happened. I think I'm not going to put the restaurant on blast because I think, <laughs> um, I well, I don't know what it was. I think that's probably what it was. It was food poisoning. I think I lost like 10 pounds yesterday. Um,
1: Which is crazy. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was a very bad day. I'm still healing. Um, When I showed up to work today, my boss was like, I can't believe you're about to work a whole day. And I was like, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So I I like kind of ate lunch, but I just kind of slept in my car for 30 minutes during my lunch break um that was like that was legit like the sickest i've ever been for like like in a like a one day for like a one day sickness that was like the sickest i've ever been i think it was really awful i slept on my bathroom floor for like six hours it was terrible
1: yeah that doesn't sound fun but george you said george brought you some gatorades george brought
0: me george brought me gatorades my and um got me some saltines um that's all i ate yesterday was gatorade like two, ga- like not, uh, maybe like a cup of water, two Gatorades, and like eight saltines is what I had.
2: Aww. It was a rough day.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was I was dying. I was mid yak, and he was like, "What do you want?" And I was like, "I don't know." And he's like, "Gatorade?" It's like blue.
1: <laughs>
0: so we have plenty of blue Gatorade.
1: High key. blue is the best.
0: I, I don't even I don't even remember what's happened in the last week besides being violently ill yesterday.
1: I mean that that takes it out of you. So that's my. Update. I completely understand. I'm sorry that's your update. I hate I'm being just sick. Glad I'm
0: not sick anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that was very. It was a quick. Like, how about we we bring on show? Welcome, Sean. Um, if you want to introduce yourself, I kind of talked a little bit about you before and how I know you, but if you want to go ahead and um, talk about you and. Where you're from, et cetera.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Like I said, appreciate it. First of all, um, and yeah, so I can go just through a little bit of background um and, and where I'm from and all that. So I grew up in Maryland, super small town. There's only about like eighteen thousand people in the town I'm from. So pretty small town. Um grew up there, went to college at Coastal Carolina. That's kinda how I ended up down south where I am now. Um so I majored in recreation and sport management at Coastal, um, and that's kind of where I became a trainer as well. And then after school, moved home for like a few months and then ended up getting a job here, worked in for a college athletic department, not too much on the training side, to be honest. So I worked in the operations side of an athletic department for a little bit, um, and then got. I was also part-time working for F45, which is where I met Caitlin. Um and then I kind of just went full-time with that eventually, was head, head trainer there for a little um, before taking over as studio manager, um, which is what I currently do. Um, so yeah, that's just a little quick summary. Um, I know that was kind of broad, but I'm sure we can go off that as as the podcast goes on. But again, appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you for coming.
0: I guess I just kind of wanted to ask, like, what exactly is is it that you do kind of day to day? Like, what's your professional... like? title and things like that So, like what's your like your day-to-day at f45 and then do you caitlin said you had a a training company outside as well, well how, does, how does that work and what do you do kind of day-to-day with that
2: yeah so day-to-day is kind of weird um i'm studio manager at f45 like you said so um that's kind of like the main priority um so obviously like oversight of the building you know staffing the trainers managing them um day-to-day you know scheduling members at F45 stuff like that um and then my business yeah I have I take online one-on-one clients um coaching wise so I do one-on-one coaching um make workout programs for people if they don't have the financial means for coaching um and then something else I just kind of opened up is nutrition coaching um which I'm super excited about um but yeah so the day to day that I, is just it's kind of weird so like I said F45 is kind of the main priority just making sure things are straight there Um, and then kind of just doing, you know, my business stuff, business side of it when I can, um, and it's, I mean, it can be weird. It's, it's obviously a lot of freedom, but it's also like, you're never really off the clock. So it's just a weird schedule. Um, but that's kind of how day to day works. It's, it's kind of sporadic and just depends on the day. Um, so every day pretty much looks different to be honest with you.
0: How many, um, about how many clients do you have like in your training, in your training business?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. So I have about ten one on one clients right now. Um mm-hmm. and then I, I have like tiers. So tier one is like full coaching. So I have about I think ten right now full coaching clients. And then I have some tier two, which is just I basically just kind of make them like update a program for them yeah. continuously. Um so that's kinda how that works. But yeah, ten ten full time one on one clients right now.
0: Is it that's like in person and everything, or is that like um
2: all right, so guess what, it, what's
0: the tier one involved?
2: Yeah. So tier one, it's completely, it's completely online. So what, gotcha. what it involves is I do workout programs 12 weeks at a time. So it'll be like a 12 week program we'll work through. Mm-hmm. Um, usually in four week phases, just depending on what they want to accomplish, obviously, you know, their specific goals, how advanced they're getting, um, stuff like that, but that's going to be completely online. So there's videos that I have like attached to each exercise. So they know what to mm-hmm. do there. um, and then it involves a big thing is just nutrition. what I like to do for nutrition is teach clients kind of how to track macros. Um, Mm -hmm. Some clients are more inclined to a meal plan. And I found that sometimes it works better to start clients on a meal plan, get them kind of, you know, used to just eating in a more healthy way um, and kind of teach, teach them macros along the way. Cause it is, I mean, I'm sure you guys know it's like tracking macros is kind of, I want to say like advanced, but it is kind of advanced in a way to like, you kind of got to know what you're eating, eat, eat healthy before you start like getting down to the nitty gritty, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nutrition. And then obviously I do weekly check-ins. So I try to do most of my clients with uh, FaceTime calls. So we have one FaceTime call a week, just like 10 to 15 minute check-in. Um, some of them have super busy schedules. So we'll do like a forum every now and then, but I like to try to touch base, um, on FaceTime or zoom just because I find that, um, it's a just forms a better like client coach relationship when I can actually see them, talk to them about what they're experiencing and stuff like that. Um, gotcha. But yeah, still learning. I mean, I, I just started the company last summer, so it's still a learning process and it's, it's been fun to do. So, Gotcha. Have
0: yeah. you been co- like, how'd you get into doing like coaching like, th- like that, like in an online sense, like a full tier, like a full service kind of coaching. Like, have you been coached I, before?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I've had my own coaches as well. Um, so I've done like bodybuilding competitions. I did like I just did an endurance yeah. event. So I had coaches for that. Um, but yeah, really, how I got involved with it, how I kind of wanted to do it, was just I, I like the freedom of it and the the ability of you know being able to reach people from like all over the place. I think that's really cool. Um, I love one on one training too. Like in F forty five, I love um, you know like hands on approach. Obviously, that's one of my favorite things about training. But um, one thing like in-person does limit you to is just, you know, people only in your area. So mm-hmm. that was a big thing on why I kind of wanted to start the company and everything, just reach people from all over, the, like literally doesn't matter where you're at really, um, and be able to help them. So.
1: Awesome. Okay. So kind of backing up a little bit, um, how did you get into, you said sports recreation as a major? Um, yeah. did you always know that you wanted to get into the fitness industry?
2: I mean, to be honest, I think in the back of my mind, yeah. Um, I'll be completely transparent with you guys. Though I did that major because that I got in-state tuition with that major at Coastal um, because they didn't have that major in Maryland, so it was through uh, something called like the Academic Common Market or something. I got in-state tuition for that major. Really didn't know, like, have any idea what I wanted to do with it. I just like Coastal Carolina sounded cool. The visit was fun, so I went there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was always like I was an athlete in high school. Um, we had a pretty good strength like program where I was at, um, like for football and everything. So I kind of learned a lot then. Like I've been really in the gym working out probably since I was like for that freshman year, so whatever, fourteen or so. Um, and like I said, just learned a lot even in that first year. We had a pretty good program, pretty good coach for that. So I think it was always in the back of my mind. Um, just took some maturity and you know, experiences to get there. But I guess that's how life goes, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm seeing it from my job right now that I don't necessarily like where my career is going on the psychology side. So when I decided to get my CPT, like, I also just didn't know what I was going to do with that. But I knew I wanted to get somewhere with fitness. And now I'm thinking I want that full time. And I like that, like what you're saying about your company and the online, um, I don't know. It'd be re- the freedom of that would be so cool
2: for me. You did it the right way, though. I mean, you want to make sure you know you're like financially ready to do it. Like you don't want to just drop everything and like, you know, you want to make sure you're in the right spot to do it. So I think you did it the right way of like getting your certification while you're like employed full time. Um, you know, because I mean, being financially stable is is a huge process in everything too, obviously. So
1: that's true. That's true. Next question. I wanted you to talk a little bit about running and like the marathon that you just did, which congrats on, by the way. Yeah,
0: appreciate
1: um, sure. it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know, just how you train for that.
2: Yeah, for sure. So to be honest, uh, I, I listened to those notes too. Pretty much my only hobby right now is running, um, which is something I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to be better about, um, you know, doing some of the other hobbies I like, cause I did grow up with a lot of different hobbies, but, um, to focus in on running for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I've always kind of ran a little bit, um, but I never really used to do before the marathon. I wouldn't go, you know, more than like four miles or so. So it was just kind of like, you know, moving the body, stuff like that. Um, I enjoyed it, um. Entered a marathon prep and yeah, that that's a whole different ball game. So I, ca- I came from like more strength training side of it. Um, especially with my, you know, even with my clients, like everyone I train, it was for specifically strength training, didn't really have any like running clients or anything like that. Um, so I just was learning everything from scratch basically, especially with like going into a marathon training block. That's like, you have to be so intentional about everything you do, which I didn't realize it like at all when I first started it. Um, So I think one of a couple of the big things I learned was the importance of just recovery. Um, So I just did a bad job of like, stretching, I would say, like post runs. um, And even just listening to my body, like I, I went through like a decent amount of injuries. um, Because I kind of ramped up mileage pretty fast. um, And didn't really listen to my body when it needed to like, it's hard when you have a coach because the plan's there and you want to get everything done that's on the plan. Um, so it can be hard to listen to your body at times, which I think I did a bad job of. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you enter a prep like that, you have to be like, you have to track, you, you pretty much have to track macros because, I mean, there's days when I go out for a morning run, come back and I'm already, you know, like 1300 to 2000 calories in a deficit like it's crazy how much you have to be intentional about nutrition, like getting carbs in, um, everything on, everything on that side is just very intentional, um, which was just a learning curve at first. Um, but it taught me a lot, um, about, you know, just doing things that challenge you. And I think why I fell in love with it was because it wasn't easy. Like most of the days I was getting up to run, I was like, damn, I really don't feel like doing this right now. So, um, but that, that was, that was really powerful. Um, to be honest, like just grinding that through and seeing the end result. Um, you know, I know I was like a little bit technically above the goal I set for that marathon, like the, the time, but I mean, still for for the first one, I was proud of it and just everything I went through, there was some definite, definite lows during that whole. Yeah. So I think it helped just mindset wise, like, just develop and and it helps other parts of your life too because you're so dialed into that it kind of translates over to other parts of your life and you start dialing into those things a little bit more um so that that's really the power i found in it i know that was a broad overview again and you guys might have some questions so if you guys want to ask anything specifically feel free
0: i've always said the same thing about my bodybuilding prep was like i've never felt more dialed in in my whole life like i'm I'm super busy right now, but I was like just as busy then as I was now when I was getting ready for my show, but like I was also getting ready for a show and I was like, Mm -hmm. just kind of like, I got no choice but to like lock the fuck in right now and just like go to work and I got to work out before I go to work and I got to eat and I got to whatever so I can do my cardio. So it's like, it's a different level when you have that kind of like, I don't like want to call it
2: motivation because it's like,
0: I mean like, I guess it is, but it's a different level when you have that kind of commitment to something.
2: Yeah, it's almost wide. like your time management is just really dialed in because it has yeah. to be, or else you're gonna, you're just not gonna succeed in the way you want unless that time management is dialed in like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I totally relate. What did you uh? What did you compete in?
0: Classic physique.
2: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I did men's physique. I'm mm-hmm. not much of a, not much of a leg guy. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. How tall? How tall are you?
2: Uh, six one. Yeah. I'm,
0: I mean, like I'm like five, eight, five, nine. So, and I played soccer. So it's like the legs were kind of, kind of yeah, getting there. My, it was my upper body was always so tiny. And so I was like, I already got the legs pretty much. So I just kind of added on then I had a, my upper body, the feedback I got was my upper body was too small for my legs. So,
2: <laughs> I mean, that's good feedback to have. I feel like, I mean, yeah, I'd rather, I was like, that doesn't, you know, that
0: doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, that's awesome though. Um, yeah, I mean bodybuilding prep was I think my life excelled like the most it has during that prep, I'm pretty sure. Like mm-hmm. just even like not just training wise, like like I said, everything outside of it too. Like I feel like and I was just so doubt like at the time you don't realize it, but you look back and I'm like, you know, a lot of stuff happened during that prep for my life. So yeah. it's pretty cool what it can do for you for sure.
1: Would you wanna share any of that? Like what part of your life that was I don't know yeah
2: I- yeah so I mean during the prep was when I was still working for the cult like the athletic department um like I said I was training I was a part-time personal trainer at that time um I've been talking to people about like going full-time in the fitness industry um always just really scared to do it I think I was scared like just financially um and like I also got my I should have mentioned this earlier, probably, but I also got my master of science in sport management. So it's like in the back of my head, I was like, you know, if I kind of do this, it's like, I did that for no reason almost. Um, but it's super transferable, like, you know, sport management. There's a lot of classes I took that teach you how to be a leader, how to manage, which it's transferable in the fitness industry. Um, so yeah, I mean, I did all of that. I went, I became the head trainer at F45. Um, Quit my other job at the athletic department, and you know, started my business during that time too. So, starting the business was definitely stressful, um, just because I wanted to do everything the right way. I, I luckily had some supportive people in my corner that kind of helped with that. Um, you know, so Caitlin, I'd be happy to help you whenever you know you want to get started in that realm. Um, Thank
1: you.
2: Yeah, for sure. My brother, um, he's a lawyer in Maryland, so he kind of helped me with some of just like making sure I had all the back end stuff right. Um, just because I wanted to do it the right way, paperwork wise. There's just, I mean, it's it's really easy to get your business license. To be honest, in South Carolina, you like apply for it, pay like a stupid fee. It's not even that much money, and then they like basically just throw you a business license. So it's super easy, but there's just some back end stuff that you want to make sure is squared away. Um, and then just obviously like making the website and getting all that ready before like announcing it, um, and just kind of having you know a plan of what I was going to offer how like what kind of coach I was going to be um and stuff like that so that that all happened within like a two-month period three-month period so it was just like a lot um and that was all during prep like I said so I think I think that was a that was a big reason why I was kind of able to excel in those areas yeah that's crazy that you did that during a prep that's wild Yeah. I don't even like, it's crazy to look back on, but like I said, like when you're just in that mindset, it's like,
0: you don't even realize
2: I feel like it's it's weird,
0: but yeah, I want to start getting into the online business too, but I'm just kind of like in the same boat too, where I'm kind of like in between like financially being ready for that, I guess. Cause I'm training people in person part-time. My bodybuilding coach has like an online business too. And he was like, we could, I mean, so I don't know. Cause it's like, I could go in with him like as a trainer under his company or it's like, do I want my own? But Then I don't have to do either for forever. So I don't, I don't know. I don't
2: know. <laughs> I was going to say like, I learned a lot from, I mean, obviously still do train in person. So you get a lot of like, w- of being a coach from training in person, getting that hands-on experience, I think um, seeing how people like adapt in real life. Um, so that's definitely helped me like become an online coach. So um, and, I, and can you do it like just straight online from becoming a trainer? I totally think so. Um, because, you know, we can all like, you have social media nowadays, you, you, you can connect with people from all over. Like a big thing about coaching is just being a like a personable, you know, human being, like working through stuff with people, um, sharing your own experiences to help them, like realizing that every person's different. And you might have to, you know, you might think like a, a keto diet like you might be against a keto diet, um, in general, but like, maybe it really works for this client. So you have to like, um, you have to just have like a good behavior of like, like almost like a coachable mindset to yourself yeah. of like, Hey, maybe this works for this person, even though I might not specifically agree with it. Um, so I have to keep like an open mind with that. So that's why yeah, I think online makes sense. is definitely, you know, amazing. So
1: And question. Anything notable about your own mental health or fitness journey that we haven't already touched on?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I've talked to, I was on uh, a podcast with my my one buddy, my one buddy, Luke, I think I've told you about him, Caitlin, before. So I think I went through uh, some struggles mental health wise, I think just from a standpoint of like, when I was growing up, I, I came from a pretty good family, like, didn't really have any issues there. Um, so when like stuff started to go wrong mentally or, you know, I was struggling mentally, I felt like it was like almost not allowed because I I shouldn't have anything to complain about or like worry about, you know? So, um, I think just moving, especially like after college, I, I just like my mindset in college wasn't what it is now. I was not like the same person, definitely matured a lot, like through college, Um, but yeah, I mean, just drank a lot, like dealt with stuff the wrong way. Um, and then, you know, kind of dealt with some mental health issues after college of just like, not really, I guess, accepting who I truly wanted to be, um, moved home for a little bit, kind of went through some stuff there, got in trouble a little bit, um, which kind of like, that's ultimately what changed my life. I think, um, I moved to Charleston after that. And like, that's when I started to actually like, you know focus on my mental health talk to people about it talk to my girlfriend about it talk to my mom about it you know stuff like that and that's when stuff started to go better or you know get better for me so I just think my main message there would just be like even if you feel like you know everything in your life like you were blessed and you shouldn't be struggling mentally like you know literally anyone can struggle mentally no matter who you are what like what your journey was growing up Um, but the best thing you can do is just talk to people about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's something to be said about being vulnerable with the people around you, the people that love you, you love them. Um, and even like like this podcast, it's one of our main goals is to just be open and vulnerable about our own mental health struggles because you never know by talking about it um, how you can help someone else. So, And it also yeah, totally. helps you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I struggle you know, I still struggle with it. I think it's just like something that people are more open with it now, I think for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the more, like the more open people are about it and the more it's talked about, the better it's, the better it's going to get for people. Cause people are going to actually be inclined to, to open up to people about it, you know? So, mm. um, but that being said, yeah, I think just sharing your struggles, um, there's power in that for sure. So I did like,
0: fitness or the gym or working out or anything, kinda like play into anything that you were going through, like mentally or emotionally. Like did you like was the gym something like you leaned on or like fitness anything that you lean on while you're going through stuff? Or like was it something that you'd always been involved in or
2: Yeah, I mean like I said, I was always involved in it and it it was it's definitely like kind of a scapegoat for me. Um but I think more so like I'm like an extremely just like O C D regimented person. Um, So training just kind of gives me like a, a schedule almost like it gives me like a, you know something to follow something to execute, um, which I think is a big thing for me and like helps my mental health. Caitlin knows how OCD I am. I like have to organize stuff in the studio like a certain way or it like ticks me off. So I think yeah, training I is the same. Say, yeah, sorry,
1: I was I was just gonna say when we when I help clean up the dumbbells have to be facing a certain way and like everything has to be. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to drag you for a second, but you got numbers it. <laughs>
2: gotta be, numbers got to be facing up, you know, dumbbells yep. got to be aligned, but no, it's just the same thing training wise. Like it, it just makes me, I don't know. It helps my mental health. It, it makes me feel like I'm just getting something accomplished whenever there's like a plan there that I have. I execute it. Like I achieve the goals I want to achieve through training. Like it's just a whole process that just continues. Um, and it's like when you, when you achieve one, like when I achieve one goal, it's like, all right, what like what do I want to achieve now? Um, so it's just kind of something that just keeps me going, to be honest. But that's a good question.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I th- like that's what like when I'm really dialed in on the gym. I think they, like it helps me so much more like in the rest of my life that like it gives me something to like schedule my life on my day on. So yeah, exactly. I think it's kind of the is. same way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel
1: like, totally. I feel like lately, just moving to Charleston and getting to know like my new life i guess um it was so overwhelming that my mental health was just not great but the more that i put purpose into like this podcast and doing things that i love like like creating content on instagram or even like going to the beach anything like that the more i put myself into positions where i'm like i don't know i guess dialed in in that way um the happier so
2: yeah absolutely i think well, first of all, I, I wanted to ask, too, like, how you guys started the whole podcast and everything. Out, You know, I was looking at everything on socials, and, like, yeah, I just think it's cool. Like, you guys put out really cool, like, dope stuff, realistic stuff. So I want to know how you guys, like, got it started and everything.
1: Yeah, thank you. All uh, right. Max, you want to explain?
2: Well,
0: um, so Caitlin and I both went to Wofford together. um, And then I don't think we met each other until our senior year.
1: Yeah, um,
0: yeah. we lived in Wofford in the senior village. Uh, the apartments are all like these houses. They're like, they call them like Charlestonian townhouses or whatever. Um, and Caitlin, and her roommates lived in the unit right below me and my roommates. Um, awesome. and <laughs> <laughs> we were so loud and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and so they live below us. And then, I got to know Caitlin specifically because of one of her roommates. Um, yeah. Um, (laughs) because of of (laughs) what I was, I was dating for a little bit and then like second semester then, um, and then Caitlin hit me up over the summer. Um, I think I just got really close with y'all at the end of the year. Then we were like texting over the summer. Um, and she asked me, like, something about, like, nutrition or, like, fitness or something. I think we are actually we we're talking about, like, meal plans or dieting or something like that. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And we started talking about that. And then we were both kind of like, it would be so cool if we had, like, a podcast or something. Or, like, I've always wanted to yeah. do one. And she's like, I always wanted to do one. So we were like, fuck it. We should do mm-hmm. our own. Um, so then we, like, actually did it. So
2: here we are.
1: Yeah. And I think mental health is something that we're both really passionate about, too. So. Oh, yeah. We also had that like fitness thing going, but also, yeah, mental health too. So we wanted a platform for both. And yeah, like you said, we both really wanted to do podcasts. I was talking about it for a couple of years before I even had the courage to start it. So
0: it was great. We're talking about like fitness and working out and like dieting and stuff and like that whole world. And then we're both like, oh my God, like you're sad too. And then, oh shit! That's what it was. <laughs> Caitlin and I went to the. We went to the same therapist in college. That's what it was. And one time, yeah, I she was leaving therapy, and then I was going into therapy. We go to the same counselor, and then um, I was at I was in her apartment <laughs> with Lexi later that night, and we we're both like, like, oh, uh, <laughs> I know I that's saw funny. you. And I was like, "How, how are you? You doing okay?" And we we're both like, "Nah."
2: <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's, that's funny. I I mean, I think podcasts are great for, like you said, also like incorporating health fitness because you're passionate about it, but also, um, you know, incorporating mental health. I think it's, podcasts are great for that. So I, 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 I have plans to start one, I think eventually. So it's cool that you guys are doing it.
1: Yeah, do it, start it. We have, we went through the nitty gritty of trying to figure out how to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So we have all the tips in the world.
2: Well, <laughs> Yeah, I would so. probably struggle in that realm for sure, to be honest
0: with you. But I mean, honestly, once you figure out like platform and distribution, like it's really not that bad. But like, yeah, if you're not as technical, if you're if you're not we're as technologically weren't... advanced as Caitlin and I are, then you might have a rougher time. We <laughs> we had, we, had a, we were like, what does this mean? Like, I don't know what an RSS feed is, dog. What the fuck?
2: It's very complicated.
1: That's the most important part about a podcast is the RSS feed.
2: So yeah, right, good to know. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take a mental note on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, um I wanted to touch on I saw you wrote down interior cingulate cortex. And yeah. I think we all listened to the Huberman lab um podcast with David Goggins, And I thought that part of it was so cool that we have to
2: talk about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I thought I mean I thought that part of the podcast was super interesting. I guess for anyone listening who kind of wants some background, um basically Huberman was talking about a discovery that scientists made about a part, you know, a cortex in your brain called the anterior cingulate cortex, um that basically can only develop from doing things that are so challenging to you that you like basically don't enjoy to do it. Um, essentially, I mean, Caitlin, correct me if I'm wrong, but
1: no, yeah, you're right. Which is, cr- it's just so crazy to me.
2: Yeah. So, and and I like, when I was listening to that, I was just like sitting there in awe because I mean, I feel like that's exactly what running is for me. Like I, I hate it so much, but for some reason, and this is the exact, I was thinking about this when I heard that there's like a point in my marathon is probably like mile 21 or 22 where like the pain I was going through was, like, indescribable. Like, the cramps and everything I was having in my legs. Like, I remember being in that point, like, damn, like, I don't think I've ever been through anything worse than this. Like, this sucks. Um, And then, like, you know, like, a week later, I'll just be, like, randomly sitting here, like, craving that feeling. So weird. Like, I don't know. Like, and I feel like them, like, talking about that um, just, like, opened my mind a little bit. It's like, wow, like, that part of my brain, you know, was being developed in that moment. Um, and I had no clue, like, cause all you're thinking about in the time is like how much it sucks. Um, but you know, it, uh, some part of your brain's developing during times like that, which I find so interesting. Um, the same kind of thing, like with cold plunges, like they're, they're, they're hard for me, you it's know? Exactly. It
0: and it's exactly what I was going to bring up.
2: Yeah. So go <laughs> ahead. You can touch on that if you want.
0: Well, no, it's just like the same thing where it's like, I mean, like, everybody talks about it, like Joe Rogan and Huberman and everybody's like the cold plunge. It's like, there's not be one fucking time that you're going to think that like, this is fun. And it's like, especially if you're doing it like first thing in the morning outside and it's cold mm-hmm. and the water's cold. Like there's no part of that. that's going to be enjoyable, but it's also like the other thing to do is like starting your day off with something like hard, like physically challenging. Yeah. Like to make the rest of rest of it easier. And then also like, I think it's just kind of like the David Goggins and bro science. of just kind of like, it's going to make you tougher and like, yeah, for sure. Is gonna like this, like, like the Goggins, like, stay hard kind of thing. It's like, it's that type of thing, and it's interesting that there's literally a part of your brain that you can, like, essentially train to become tougher or like to become like, like, to deal with challenging things.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's it's hilarious in that podcast, too, because when Huberman's talking about it, you can hear like David um, Goggins getting like jazzed up about it, he gets He's fired like getting, up about it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I found that super interesting. Caitlin, if you want to touch on more, I know like you're, you're super into that kind of stuff. So.
1: Yeah. So he also brought up this point that people think dopamine is like just a reward, happiness hormone or whatever, but it actually is a hormone that is, is about motivation and drive. And so there's these pain inputs, um, to dopamine, pain releases dopamine in the response to what David Goggins talks about as friction. So doing things yeah. that are uncomfortable to you, and the more that you do the things that are uncomfortable, it then releases that dopamine. So like what you're talking about, you you craved that feeling of doing something like something that you hate, which is a crazy crazy idea. But your brain is literally I think Max and I looked it up before. It handles difficult emotions so the stronger that that cortex becomes the better you are at adapting to um, difficult experiences or emotions which is also crazy
2: yeah that's insane to think about i mean it makes sense though because i mean just speaking from my own experiences like i mean we can talk about bodybuilding for example because i know max can relate it's like during parts of that prep like especially the last couple of weeks like it definitely sucks but I feel like like going through that bodybuilding prep and going through like a marathon prep now just like working out and like being healthy and everyday living is just like, like I don't want to say it's easy but it's just like part of my routine now like it's non-negotiable there's not even a thought about it whereas before it's like you know damn like I feel like it was just a lot harder to get in like a consistent, healthy routine. You go through stuff like that. It's like, just becomes normal. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like, I think after going through a prep, I think eating healthier, like more structured and just kind of training all the time, or at least putting in like the minimal amount of effort was just kind of like, this is nothing. Like, right, or I could. I It would either be like this really isn't like this isn't that bad. Like this isn't like I can like this is totally manageable, or it'd be like, oh, this is fun. Like I'm like enjoying. I'm working out just because like I want to, because I can, not because I like feel like I have to or made myself or something. Um, but I mean, like, I think whenever I tell people about going through prep, I'm. <laughs> I, I think rarely when I when I talk about the actual prep part, rarely am I like it was so much fun. And like, I had a great time. Most of the stories I have from prep are like the really, really bad days, um, which there's not a ton of them, but like, it's those really, really rough days where you're like, yeah, this is what it was like. And and every single person I've talked to about it, where I'm like, I can't wait to do it again, or like, why the fuck? Like, I've only heard like bad shit from it. Like, I can't, like, why would you want to put yourself through that again? And it's like, well, you just don't understand. Like,
2: the, it's the anterior cingulate cortex. That's what yeah, It's the anterior cingulate cortex, and, <laughs> and but it's like, it's like a
0: it's like delayed the delayed gratitude from that and like the work and the the effort that you put in and like I mean because once you get to the end you're like fuck we made it and like I'm done and like look what everything look look at everything that we've accomplished and I just remember feeling after that like there's nothing you can do to me right now like yeah like I felt I went through like a exponential amount of like growth and like my mental fortitude. Like, I just feel like I could handle so much more. Um, I don't know. It was pretty
1: Yeah. I'm reading a book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. And the chapter I'm reading is about um, two different mindsets, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And she defines a fixed mindset as a belief that your qualities are covered in stone or um, that they're just always going to be the same. And the she defines growth as qualities that can be cultivated um and I think the idea that like there's people will respond to things in different ways um I remember you talked about how like perspective is everything and like doing hard things that's like having a positive outlook on um pushing yourself and the idea with this book is that you can change your mindset. Like you're not stuck in one place or another with this growth mindset. You can take the idea that life is what you make of it.
0: It's when like hardship actually happens, you're like prepared
2: for it. Yeah. I mean, I and, totally yeah. know what you're saying. Yeah. That's like yeah, the, I
0: mean, Jocko Willink talks about that, like on, on the Jocko podcast or whatever. I've, Caitlin, I've talked about it before. I think I've sent you an episode on that too, but I don't know if you've listened. I, I'm assuming you know who. Jocko is but yeah, like, yeah he's the man he talks about it, he talks about it all the time, where like uh like when bad things happen or whenever people are complaining or something like that, he's always like good he's like it's a chance to get better, yeah, and then like when he talked about training like his guys before like when like when he like when he was in the military and he was training his guys, like he would put them through like the most impossible shit ever and like prepare for the absolute worst case scenarios that like when shit did hit the fan like when they were out there, and like lives were at stake, they were just like maybe, we've seen worse than this. So it's like, it's kind of an extreme example, but it's like, just train, like, like putting yourself through something really, really hard so that like when worse things happen or like life just kind of happens, like you're ready to kind of just deal with that.
2: Yeah, totally. I, I like, I am doing like a series right now, like on about run thoughts on Instagram. So I'm trying to do like once a week, um, just get on and post like a reel of like some thoughts I had during a run. And I actually... On my last one kind of talked about something similar to what we're touching on now, whereas like a lot of people want all these things in life um or want to make these changes, whatever it may be. Um, And then they find themselves and I do this like daily, which is why I like thought about it and posted about it. Like you have all these things on your plate. So you, you your main goal or the end goal gets so like distorted um because you're just constantly like complaining about what's on your plate and like all that you have to deal with um but that quote that one quote stuck with me it's like can't complain about you know what can't complain about a lot on your plate when your goal was to eat so i think that's just like in a, in a very puts you put yourself in a good perspective of like if you want something you know that's going to be challenging whether it's like profession training wise whatever it may be that you're passionate about to get there there is going to be a lot on your plate but the growth um, and, and you know who you're becoming is is all done like on that plate or, or in the process of like who you want to become even like you know like you guys talk about starting the podcast like you guys probably you, you guys grew a lot and like know what to do now with the podcast and you're still like you know growing with the podcast it's like all of the work's done in between those lines not the end result you know so it's just like a good perspective to, to have for sure
1: yeah yeah it's a marathon, not a sprint.
2: There you go. There you go. Uh,
1: last question: Do you have advice for other twenty-somethings, whether it be about mental health or fitness or anything that um, we have covered, haven't covered?
2: Um, yeah, I think I think we touch on a lot about what at least what I wanted to touch on. Um, but if I could leave one message, it's probably as simple as you know you have to realize that life is what you make it especially in today's day and age like if it sounds simple you know I know like I put this in the notes too if it sounds simple it's because it is like you know you just have to flip your mindset of like it's it's not going to be I have a lot on my plate it's too much to do it has to be like all right I have a lot on my plate like I'm blessed to have a lot on my plate and get where I want to go um and and having said that you know There's going to be times where your mental health may be going downhill or like maybe you just don't know where to start. You're you're like, you know, you get your mind too wrapped up in whatever you're going through. So just reach out to someone, whether it be someone of what you're trying to do or just to talk to, you know, I think that's there's power in that um, mental health wise. So I think those are just the main two things I would I would give advice wise. Love that. Thank you. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to ask
0: before we go, like, like just comparing the two preps, like the bodybuilding prep and the marathon prep. Like, do you prefer one or the other, or like was one? They're both hard. So I mean, I'm not going to say like which one was easier, but I guess like which one was harder. Was it harder doing a marathon prep after like being a bodybuilder, or like I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think hands down the marathon prep was harder for me. Um, just two reasons for that. One. My bodybuilding prep, I mean, it's hard. Like you've been through it. You know. You have to just be – I think the hardest part for me was just like the social aspect, right? You can't really like can't go do out. Yeah, yeah, you can't really do anything. You can't really go out with your friends because like me, I'm the type of person that like if I'm around like drinking or my friends, like I'm probably going to have a drink, you know? So it's like Damn. I, I didn't really do much, which that part was hard. But like as far as the diet, I was actually in like a surplus. For like the first, because I was like already oh, super lean. So I, I was in a like surplus that. for a while. I was so fat. Like, I was in such <laughs> a crazy deficit. Mine was fucking brutal. Yeah. I mean, so I can't like speak for, for like people who had to go through that. Um, now, like I did cut the last couple of weeks, which was definitely tougher than what I was doing the first, you know, however long. Um, but yeah, I think the marathon prep was, it, I mean, it's brutal. Like you, there, especially the weeks where you're running, you know, 65 plus miles, it's like pretty much every day you're running 10 plus miles so it's like you're like i'd wake up like all right 10 miles is on the agenda it's like it just sucks some days really bad but going back to that that anterior cingulate cortex i think it grew a lot during that during those times so um and and just because like i grew up like i said strength training weightlifting. so like I didn't really have to learn about that. Um, obviously, you know how to coach. He gave me a plan that I followed, but with running, it was like all kind of new to me as far as like nailing down a specific training block like that. So I think yeah. that's why it was harder for me too.
0: Did it like did your body change a lot? Like like I didn't like because right now I'm just so focused on bodybuilding, and I think like also now hearing you talk about like a marathon prep, I'd want to like now I'm kind of like man, fuck, I want to like <laughs> <I gotta> kind of. <laughs> I kind of want to do something like that, but I just feel like I'm so focused on bodybuilding right now. I feel like if I went into like a marathon prep, it kind of, I think my identity is just so ingrained in being a bodybuilder at the moment. Like, did your, like, was it weird seeing your body change or like things like that? Or like, did it kind of affect your identity or anything?
2: Um, like, I don't know. I've always kind of like just wanted to do different stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I tried to like, you know, keep muscle on, like, you know, not lose too much of that when I was going through prep. I think I did a decent job of that. I definitely lost some, like I'm even noticing now, like, obviously you look back at like prep pictures and you're like, damn, that I look fucking crazy. But, um, I, I don't know. I didn't worry too much about that. I think you can't worry about that. Cause it's like, yeah, if you want to do something, you know, you just got to do it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot more people are realizing like, the power in just doing different challenges. Now, like if you're passionate about bodybuilding, you know, like one of my coaches, like that's his thing. Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, if you're super passionate about something, you just have to want to do it at the end of the day. Like if you, if you want to do something, then go for it. If not, then like, you know, stick with what you're passionate about and just grind at that and become like, become a master at that craft, you know?
0: Yeah. And I feel like, This it's like like in a bodybuilding prep, like that's the thing you gotta be doing. And I feel like in a marathon prep, it's probably like 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 there's like the focus part to it. Like if you're in a marathon prep, you just gotta be like you gotta be a runner kind of deal. Um But I mean like I I feel like I'd wanna be a more broad, versatile kinda like athlete just for like so many different reasons for like life and for being able to train a wide variety of people. So that's
2: something I'm working on too, so (sighs) <sighs> Kaylen, you ton. do you wanna uh, you wanna do a race, don't you? Or are you doing a race?
1: So yes, uh, kind of. I my goal for this year is to complete a half marathon and then a marathon.
2: Oh yeah.
1: I technically signed up for a half marathon January twentieth and Charleston half, yeah. Yeah. So. And I did that kind of impulsively because I wanted a challenge. But I wasn't prepared in like having an actual plan to train for it. Yeah. Um. So, I think I might push it off. Like, find another half to do because I realistically I don't think my body could handle that, and I shouldn't put my body through that right now. Um, Yeah. Because I'm just not prepared.
2: But
0: I think that's a good idea. But do you think that you could just like say fuck it and just run it? Like you might feel awful afterwards and during, but do you think you could just like you think you could finish it?
1: Mentally, if I started it, I would have to finish it somehow. So I know I could do it.
0: That'd just be kind of <laughs> if you were just like fuck
2: it, I'm gonna run a half marathon. That's like, the thing suck, though
0: about, but like you might just have to run it.
2: It's the thing about races is like you can do stuff like that though. Like I have a friend yeah. that I have a friend that ran a 50 miler, never ran more than 13 miles before you ran that. So it's I mean, like, I've wow. like
0: I've heard about that shit before. It's like the the human body is capable of amazing things. Like
2: Yeah, it's 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 mental. Yeah.
1: Should I?
0: That's some David Goggins shit. Like you should totally
2: just run it, dude. I mean if you think like if you're worried about, you know like I don't know. You're you gotta listen to your body at the same time. Too, yeah, you know? I mean like at if points. you're gonna
0: hurt yourself and whatever, then like don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. you're being
1: a bad influence, Max.
0: <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm like obviously be like smart about it, but I
2: just Like just kind of run it (laughs) yeah I mean Uh, I'm the same way though like if I did a race if I signed up for a race even if I like like, if I was at the starting line it's like I'm finishing it I don't care like you know what my body goes through like I'm probably going to finish this race
1: yeah yeah see and how gangster
0: would that be if you just like finished it and you're like check me out like I did it
1: But also, so this is what really worries me realistically. I have two, I've had two hip surgeries, so.
0: That's a fair point. That's definitely a fair point.
1: (laughs) I'm really scared after not running that much at all lately. Like, like I'm getting back into it, but I'm just not, the miles aren't there. So how could my hips do that? I don't know. So that's. There's some.
2: There's some good, uh, like, I can send you some good free, like, half um, like half marathon training programs.
1: Yes, please. That would be awesome. Yeah,
2: for yeah, sure. I
1: would, lo- I would love to actually, like, actually train <laughs> and know what I'm supposed to be doing instead of just swinging it.
2: Yeah, the but- the, like, training block for a race is, like, it's so cool, though, just, like, go through the process, like, be intentional about it go through the actual training plan and then like on race day you're like feeling prepared like there's there was definitely points in my prep that were like just such a mental block of like I would get sick and like there's days I had to miss the run and like I'm the type of person that's like damn if I miss like one workout during this prep I'm gonna feel like I like cheated myself or something but with running it's just like different like you gotta listen to your body at points so um but that being said Maybe you should send it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe.
1: You guys are both really bad influences. <laughs> so I think I might if you tell me to do it.
0: I feel like you got to decide like pretty quick, though, if you're going to do it or not. Like, I know, just, I got like, a yeah, week.
2: Yeah, it's like a week. Wow. I was I thinking know, like, about signing up for that, prof- Caitlin. Yeah. Maybe I'll run it with you. <laughs> hey, oh, my gosh. Look at that.
1: <laughs> After you consistently run, like, how? what is your longest run at, this week?
2: Um, I took yesterday off. Uh, today was my first run. I just went four miles. So,
1: okay. I was gonna. I, someone was saying in the gym. They're they're saying like oh, you'll just run sixteen miles for fun, like like every day or something like that.
2: <laughs> That's not true. Maybe I mean during the prep, it was there was you know weeks where I'd get a lot of mileage, but I'm definitely not running sixteen miles for fun every day.
0: <laughs> I'd blow my back out trying to run a half marathon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Max, you should come for the 20th. You should, you should muscle it out with me.
0: I would fucking die three miles <laughs> in. I'm like, I used to run so much in high school, like, but I was a soccer player, like, I could put on miles, like, in a week, but, like, a lot of my running was, like, sprinting and things like that, so it's like, I had, like, a 5.13 and, like, a 5.30 one mile one time, and then I could run, like, a 12-minute two-mile. But I wasn't, like, running any longer than that straight. I mean, like, in games or practices, I was getting up to, like, six to nine miles. But I wasn't never running more than that, like, straight. And now I'm also, like, 40 pounds heavier than when I'm used to, like, running.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, let's – so, our tradition – tradition – I don't know thing we do after each episode is talk about something that we learned this week and it could be anything.
2: Well, Max, you can lead it off. You know what you're just- <laughs> um,
0: All right. I have a, I have an, well, they're both serious, but one's less serious. The first one is don't get the questionable meat in your pho at an Asian restaurant that you've never been to. <laughs> um, just in case you get violently ill. Noted. I got, very, I got very sick yesterday. I think I lost 10 pounds. Um, and then my actual, I think my, my real one for what I learned this week was I was having a conversation with uh, one of my fraternity brothers driving home from something the other day um, and just, we are just talking about life and everything and it's like uh, the the thing that I think we both kind of took away from that was tell the people that you love that you love them. Um, because one day you might not be able to tell them that.
2: And, but yeah. Right Don. Yeah, dude.
1: That's so true. Sad, um. but true. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'll, okay. you go, yeah. you go. No, go, go. Cause I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I am just going to save you.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say, I think something I learned this week was like, even if you're like looking up to someone or like report to someone, whatever it may be in your situation, if it's like a job or like if you look up to a person, you're getting advice from them. Um, and, you know, there's like a, a certain point where like you think that you just have to listen to yourself, listen to your body, whatever it may be. I think it's always important to just do what you think is right. Almost like follow your gut feeling at times. Um, you know, obviously there's stuff you need to get advice on, but if there's like a situation ever where you're like, this just doesn't seem right. If I do that or like like I said, whether it's a job training, whatever, I think it's important to just kind of follow your gut in those moments. And that's something I learned this week. I
1: like that. Um, Let's see. So I have, my first one is I learned that I need to study more than what I do. Um, I pushed off my studying for the CPT exam and I did like ten practice exams the day before because I was cramming and I failed, I think, eight of them. Eight out of the ten. What did I tell
0: you? What did I
2: tell you?
1: That'd be okay.
2: Talking about practice. (laughs)
1: Um
2: talking about practice. (laughs) I'm saying not in a game.
1: (laughs) Yes, you said that. And I was fine. I ended up being fine. But I learned that I did. I passed. I'm so excited. But I need to study. I need to be for real and get to studying when I
2: need to. Let's see.
1: The second.
2: Congrats, by the way, on passing that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. It's a big deal.
1: Thank you. I was, I seriously, I was sweating, like taking that test. I was like, there's no way I'm going to pass this after eight failed attempts. Like that's a 20. That'd be crazy. That's true. I did it. Um, The second thing is standing up for yourself. I think like. I tend to be a person that kind of swallows what I'm thinking in order to save the other person's feelings. And then I end up bottling up my own emotions. Um, So I think I learned how to kind of be better about just telling people how I feel, standing up for what I believe in. And yeah, if I'm upset. It's okay to tell someone that.
2: <laughs> so there we go. I like it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Sean, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, do you have any like socials you want to plug or anything? Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, well, should I just say it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess my Instagram is just Sean. It's just my name. So Sean dot um, And yeah, I think my Instagram is kind of like my main social. So that's really, you know, all all I'll plug on on today's episode. But I appreciate (laughs) you guys having me on. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was a blast. I love coming on and, you know, like podcasts and just anytime there's a platform and, you know, I can share experiences and, you know, learn from your guys' experiences. I think it's powerful. So I appreciate you guys having me on for sure. Keep doing your thing. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I
0: appreciate
1: it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and thank you to everyone listening. We are the We Talk Three Hundred and Sixty podcast, and you can go ahead and follow our socials. Our Instagram is We Talk Three Hundred and Sixty podcast. We also have a website. Go check it out. Um, and we're also streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Sometimes YouTube. Max, are we up on YouTube yet?
0: No, we will be. Okay. <laughs> we're not. We're not up to date. We are on YouTube, but we're not up to date yet.
1: All right. We'll. We'll be. We'll be that soon.
2: What's our goal for the end Let's of the week? Uh, let's get the viewers to take a team vote on if Caitlin should run the half marathon in a week. Uh. Yeah,
0: let's put that. We need to put that <laughs> on our Instagram. Let's we'll start a poll. Oh <laughs> yeah. god.
1: Okay.
2: I'm in. I'm in for the yes category.
1: That's so scary. <laughs> but I think just, I might be too.
2: Just 13. <laughs> just 13
0: miles, man. That's all it is.
1: That's it. We can do hard things. Yes, we can. That's right.